Today I have another unusual papal letter that has yet to be translated into the vernacular by the v Vatican Translation Office. Penned by Pope Benedict XIV in 1743, almost 300 years ago, it reminds the bishops and clerics of the Church that no outside power has any authority in the Church to determine what prayers may be or will be said at Mass. Now, on the surface, that doesn't sound like it means much, but remember something. Tomorrow is Low Sunday, a day of penance, confession, and a day for us to be reminded of the fact that in light of the passion and resurrection of our blessed Lord that we were all witnesses to on Easter, we are to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. Low Sunday was once one of the most important Sundays for our observation in the church, coming directly after Easter. But that has since changed to fit more the zeitgeist of the times, the spirit of the age in the church, now commemorated with Divine Mercy Sunday. Regardless, tomorrow is Low Sunday, and many are not able to attend Mass in many places at all. Ireland, Germany, and other places have few, if any, public Masses or sacraments available at this moment. So consider the message of this forgotten papal letter in our times, and consider the implications of it, too, in a broader sense. After all, we know that in Germany, for instance, your tithe is sort of done not directly to the church, but to Caesar, and then Caesar gives the funds to the bishops. That's an interesting thing to think about, the implications of that, and the implications on the, of that for the freedom of the church in Germany. After all, if the church is tied that closely to Caesar, then does the church have the ability to assert itself when needed? As history has demonstrated, it has been needed many, many times. Anyway, enough for me, though. Benedict Fourteenth, on the integrity of the Mass. K. Madmodum Precious, Papal Bull of Benedict Fourteenth. Just as it is supremely right to raise prayers to God in favor of princes, so it is fitting that the formulas of the same precepts conform to those which the Church has adopted, especially then if these prayers are to be recited during the celebration of Masses. Furthermore, it is solely up to the ecclesiastical authority to establish and prescribe those precepts, as no earthly power is allowed to decide and establish by decree that public prayers are raised, both to give thanks to God for some benefit received and to implore his help in a moment of serious difficulty. As you well know, St. Paul, in the first letter to Timothy, chapter 2, expresses as follows, I ask, ask, invoke, first of all, that public prayers prayers, supplications, generous actions, be directed for the benefit of all men, for the benefit of sovereigns and all those who are at the top of power. See 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-2. to two. If it is then permitted at this point to indicate the praxis that the early church followed in prayers, in prayers to offer to the princes to for God, the letter of St. Dionysius, Bishop of Alexandria, to the governor Emilian could make it quite evident. Tertullian in the book Ad Scapulum and in the Apologetics, St. Cyprian in the Epistle to Demetriano, Origen in the response to Celsus, and Athenagoras in his embassy to the emperors on behalf of the Christians. Likewise, in many ways they agree on the way to profess their faith and pray. 
Likewise, in the famous edition of the letter of St. Celestino to the bishops of Gaul, chapter 11, we read, Let us also turn our attention to the bonds of priestly prayers, so that the law of prayer sanctions the law of faith. Hence it follows that it is necessary to adopt the formulas prescribed by the church in public prayers, especially if they are prayers that must be recited in the Mass, as has been said. Therefore also the Sacred Council of Trent has warned against welcoming in the celebration of Masses prayers, quote, that are not those approved by the church and that have not been accepted out of assiduous and laudable custom, end quote. Therefore in the Roman Missal there are pious and devout prayers for almost every circumstance, appropriately deduced from the ancient and venerable sacred texts. Indeed, we do not think we are going too far. On the contrary, we believe that we are certainly re remain within the just limits of our authority when we maintain that only the ecclesiastical authority and not secular has the f faculty to regulate ecclesiastical and spiritual matters. That great Hosius, Bishop of Cordoba, in a letter relating to those who led a solitary life, wrote to the Emperor Constantius about ecclesiastical freedom. Do not meddle in ecclesiastical matters, or tell us in this matter, but rather learn it from us. To you God has entrusted the empire. To us he entrusted everything that belongs to the church. Avoid making yourself guilty of a grave offense, taking to you what belongs to the church. It is written, To Caesar what is Caesar's, to God what belongs to God. Referring, then, to earlier times, and to the fact that it gave occasion to this letter of ours, we affirm that the same secular tribunal had abrogated and tore up the decrees of certain magistrates, which certain public prayers were proclaimed for the princes. It had rendered, I note, that these decrees were deprived of any authority and of any hierarchical force. Not many years ago, the sacred congregation of the council, with the consent of our predecessors, publicly revoked and made ineffective an edict from those same with which it followed a victory won by the prince. He had announced a te dam of laudamus of thanks, although he had assured him that he did not want to violate the ecclesiastical hierarchy, while undoubtedly the same assurances was in fact denied. So that we proceed vigorously with fairness and righteousness, we admonish and exhort you so that both you and others through your work Pray insistently to God for the safety and happiness of your principles, as we also do every day for the Catholic princes. Accept with a serene and happy heart all that the secular powers ask of you to, you to recite public prayers for them, and see to it that the liturgy of the Church is used in them, and that new and unusual prayers are not recited in the Mass. If instead, and if we find it hard to believe, some lay authority by virtue of some custom or strange new custom, which in reality must be defined as an error, presumes not to recognize your authority at all, but with an arbitrary act it claims to public prayers and even dares to establish and intervene for those who protest, then you too will speak as Osio spoke to the emperor. Use arguments that are perhaps ignored by the wrongdoers. Explain to them that this is not the way to pray to God and to fulfill one's vows. Explain that they must take refuge in you because you, although chosen from among men, nevertheless for the benefit of men are placed among those who belong to God, as the Apostle says to our elder brothers. If your words are not to be trusted, nor do you judge that it is appropriate to proceed towards them, in accordance with the dictates of ecclesiastical discipline, we strictly require you to make use of Make us aware of the issues as soon as possible, also by transmitting to the appropriate documentation. We are in fact ready to carry out all those acts that our distinguished predecessors used to face in similar circumstances. 
in fact, once called before the Supreme Tribunal of God, we do not want to be accused of having neglected the rights of the Holy See. In the meantime, we embrace you with fatherly love, and we impart with you the apostolic blessing. Given at Rome, at St. Mary Major, on the 23rd of March, in the year 1743, in the third year of our pontificate, Pope Benedict XIV.